Welcome to Best Song Ever. My name is Brian LeBen, and alongside me, as always, is my dear, dear cousin, Luke LeBen. How you doing today, Luke? I'm doing positively peachy today, Brian. That's great. I feel like a real get-shit-donner. You know Ooh, what I mean? I don't, but I, I'm assuming it means you got some shit yeah, done. Yeah, I got some shit done. Just right. at work, have a lot going on. Mm, I was just checking mm, things off, mm-hmm. doing some household errands and chores and stuff, just checking them off. Doing this podcast, mm. check. Wow. Just I'm I'm crossing things off my list, getting shit done, and I'm feeling good. And it, you you also said you're feeling good before we started. I am, yeah, I'm feeling good. Um, you know, I have uh, kind of neglected listening to the songs I'm gonna play today for a little while because I've been obsessively. There's only two episodes so far, but my favorite podcast binge mode is back on they're talking about star wars and it's been so much fun the first episode they talked about the phantom menace and there's a really crazy part that i totally forgot about phantom menace oh yeah do you is it that he has an immaculate conception yes it is i do not remember that i know i forgot about i rewatched him before last jedi and uh, I still, like, watching, like, some video that was talking about, I saw, like, clips from some of the prequels, mm-hmm. and I was like, I do not remember any of that, and yeah. I just watched them, like, a year ago. And then they, but, like, posited yeah. that maybe the midichlorians were his father. Yeah, right. <laughs> some I weird forgot thing. that, too, so. Um, and then the second episode, they have a whole character study of Jar Jar Binks. Oh, One, like, hour-plus-long episode. It's, it's so good. So I haven't been listening to my songs but on the way over here i listened to them a couple times and uh man i have good i have good stuff to play today oh well guess what so do i i brought the tunes today yeah buddy well that sounds like we're gonna have a good episode then but before we get into our songs uh we did want to talk about a couple things happening in the music world around music plagiarism so, uh, first we've got Yellowcard suing Juice World, which, like, I'm already like Yellowcard suing them, but then for fifteen million dollars, fifteen million USD, <laughs> yeah, that's insane. It is insane. Uh, if you read like some of the quotes from the lawsuit, they pretty much say we are the reason this guy had a hit song and launched his career so we should get tons of money right now and moving forward tons of money as well so they're taking credit for his whole existence (laughs) yes they are wow they they really are which is really interesting uh because if you remember yellow card yeah they suck dick um well i would not say (laughs) Mm -hmm. that first off there's nothing wrong with sucking dick. Um, That's true. That's second true. off. That's true. I was going to make the joke uh, because this came the song that is disputed it was from their 2006 album Lights and Sounds, and I was going to make the joke that uh, this uh, this lawsuit assumes that anyone listened to Yellow Card after Ocean Avenue. But um, <laughs> that's a good point. It is a good point, except for the fact that the song Light and Sounds has 24 million streams on Spotify. So I wonder if that's after the lawsuit. I don't think so, because this would have been like like post Ocean Avenue. I'm sure they were still riding that mm-hmm. wave. Um, I had Ocean Avenue on compact disc and I listened to it constantly you back know, in 2003. I loved it. 
I'm sure. I'm sure there it has some good moments. Um, you mentioned, well, yeah, in, eh, back in the day, back in the day. But I am a little disappointed in in what they're doing here. I will say. Uh, and we just before we recorded, listened to both yeah. songs. Um, the the main thing is the melody. Uh, they're they're saying is a ripoff. I think there's some similarities. Uh, before yeah but whatever like it sounds like i mean i we had to listen a couple times to even catch what the similarities were and it seems like a stretch and i'm sort of like uh against these copyright infringement i'm on one hand yes you should get credit for your work and you shouldn't take other people's work but on the other hand there's what like 15 notes or something that i don't think that number's accurate but like within music there's only so many notes and like like i was thinking about the sam smith tom petty thing not to speak ill of the dead um but i'm like so you just own those three notes just because he has like like it's a really like simple Mm -hmm. melody of just a few notes and i'm like on one hand if it's like really close then i'm like yeah maybe they did (laughs) rip it off right but also i think it's sort of absurd to be like oh, I own this combination of notes when it's like, I'm sure you could find something else that their song sounds like because everything sounds like something. I totally agree. Um, And I think that, like, Juice World's whole thing is doing, like, emo rap. Yeah. And so he's doing generic emo melodies, which that's just a generic emo melody from the 2000s. Like, whatever. Because that's what I think a lot of art is uh in music in particular is just taking your influences and putting like a new spin on something that you've enjoyed in the past like stranger things they had uh like that guy who said they stole the idea from him and uh like seeing his short and then really beyond the black rainbow is a great movie that if anything they ripped that off because Mm. there's like a girl with powers in a lab and her name's elena like 11 and um but I'm like, I love what they did with it. So even if they did sort of steal that guy's idea, I'm sort of okay with it because they made it better. But also, still, don't steal stuff, guys. You know. Yeah. But right. I mean, you can be inspired by. Yeah, it. but be inspired. Put take influences, and you you do your own thing with it. And it seems like that's what Juice World's done. Yeah. And then the second lawsuit thing that we were talking about. Uh, who is this? This is C.C. Peniston and. It's uh, she's the artist of a 1992 song, finally, and she posted an Instagram post where she's like copyright infringement. Yeah. She hasn't filed a suit, but it's gone kind of viral for similar reasons. And uh, my response to that is, it's Lizzo, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> well, no, I think uh, no, I, I don't. Brian, I don't go that Lizzo, far. So back the fuck off. I, okay. I don't see any merit for this one either. Yeah, well, it's just like, yeah, 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 and then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, come on. Right, there might be like a note or two that are the same, but it's very dumb. Also, it's Lizzo, so take your punk ass home. There you go. (laughs) All right, so now that we put those matters to rest, uh, I hope that the courts listen to this and take our uh, takes into account, but we're going to get started here. This is, of course, best song ever, and... As we said before, we got the tunes. Mm-hmm. Um, we've hand-selected some fantastic songs to present, 
And uh, if Brian plays one that I really love, I'm going to give it my stamp of approval, which is Lordy Lordy Barry Gordy. And vice versa, if he hears one that really tickles him, he's going to say, Papa Likey. So I'm going to get it started here. Yeah. So my first song comes from a veteran indie rock slash electronic musician who just released his first new music in five years. This is Caribou. Woohoo! Dan Snaith. Dan Snaith, baby. He's had an interesting career as Caribou, and I'll illustrate this by regaling you with my history with the band. Oh, I thought you were going to illustrate it with like watercolor and no, uh, easel I wish, and stuff. I wish I had like an easel and some cards, but no, I'm just going to tell you this story. Okay. All right. <clears throat> the year was 2008 <laughs> in the town of Spring Arbor, Michigan. I'm not going to keep this up, but an 18-year-old Luke Levin was living on his own for the first time in the dorms at Spring Arbor University. And making new friends and you know i always loved sharing music with Mm -hmm. friends that's Mm -hmm. why we have this podcast in the first place um and i remember a friend of mine we uh exchanged some cds and i gave like devendra banhart and nutrimilk hotel and the like and uh she gave me a handful of cds and i remember the two that stuck with me were coco rosie who was great band i became obsessed with them and caribou and uh, judging by the timeline, I'm thinking that was the Caribou album Andorra, which I thought was cool. And um, it makes sense when I go back and listen to it now because I'm like, I thought they were a completely different band because it's sort of like a zombies-ish, like retro sort of psychedelic rock sound that um, kind of reminds me of like Tame Impala and stuff too, which I was listening to some of it today and um, still really well constructed, well orchestrated. You can see some of his compositional uh, spark in there. And like, he still used some electronic elements in early stuff, but very different from what he ended up doing. So smash cut to 2010 when the album swim comes out. Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. uh, 2010 was in my opinion, one of the greatest years in music. And it was sort of like right in the middle of the uh, golden age of like the school of indie rock that I feel like, when I first got into music, I really loved. And you also saw like Indiax branching out in different ways. And Caribou was chief among them with Swim. Uh, Snaith brought in the DJ and house element to it, but blending it with like the indie sound and just made a really compelling, unique sound and really ushering in the new chapter of his career and then in 2014, followed up Swim with Our Love, which I just listened to again today. Such a great album. Mm-hmm. And I some great sample work on that album. And uh, the same goes for uh, what we're about to listen to. The new song called Home has a great sample, which is Gloria Barnes' Home. And uh, I, I have a playlist I made of like songs that got sampled. And it's all like rap songs. And I often get like a rap beat stuck in my head and I'm like trying to figure it out and going back and listening to different like rap albums. That just happened to me. I was like that guitar part. I'm like, it's stuck. It's so good. I can't think of, I'm going looking at all these rap albums and I'm like, it's the caribou song I'm about to play. And I listened to it. I'm like, that's it. And uh, so that is now the first non hip hop song on my songs that got sampled playlist. And so he even brings some like 
hip hop production styles into his sound as well. So let's get into it. Uh, here is Caribou with Home. Papalegi, that song. <laughs> of course. I, I love it so much. Um, I, I saw that Caribou had a new song. I was excited to listen to it, and it, it killed me. It's I'm dead now. You're talking oh. to a ghost. Oh, no. It was so good, I just instantly died. That sounds perfect Done. for Halloween, though. Right. Ghost host? <laughs> yeah, I'm a ghost host. <laughs> You're a ghost host. That's uh, awesome. G- uh, the first ever ghost cast. Um, yeah, I... I mean, there's not a lot of pods out there with ghost hosts, so I think uh, this could be very good for us. I yeah. Let's uh, tell all your friends. Yeah, we're, we're the first podcast with a ghost host. I believe that that is a boom boom bap sort of mm. hip hop inspired sound there, Indeed. Um, which I I love in in general. And his work with the sample, how he interacts with it, yeah. cuts it in and out, just beautiful, wonderful, brilliant. Love that song. It's going to be on many a playlist for me from now until the day I die again. Yes, your second death. Um, and that that guitar part, like I said, was the part that was stuck mm-hmm. in my head. And then I was like, 
I'm dead, blah, blah. like I was like trying to figure out the words and then once I was like I'm home that's it and I figured it out and went and listened to this but uh speaking of that sample and uh just the song in general Dan Snaith said this about it I'm always listening to lots of music and sometimes a loop just jumps out at me it's too perfect that's how it was with Gloria Barnes home I kept returning to it mean to do something with it but not knowing what Sometimes music making feels like a process I'm in charge of, but there are other times when things just present themselves and my job is to follow their lead. It wasn't until the circumstances of someone close to me mirrored the refrain of the original song that the track all came together. When I played it to friends, several of them have said that they feel like it is speaking to their circumstances and people close to them. We've all had moments when something changes suddenly and catalyzes a change in your whole life when you need to go back to something familiar, pick up the pieces and start again. And uh, yeah, I, you definitely get that feeling just mm-hmm. listening to that song, just with him saying that she's going home and the sample. And it reminded me of a time when I went through that, when like uh, a lot of my friends had left when the aforementioned Spring Harbor University, when right. I was leaving there and uh broken up with my girlfriend at the time and moved back home and it was sort of a tough time and uh just going through that uh time and sort of rebuilding from there and uh so that vibe definitely comes across and clearly it speaks to other people because i think that's sort of a universal experience um yeah i could definitely uh see that playing over a montage of like when i uh, moved back after a failed experiment of trying to live outside the state of Michigan. Like, oh, yeah. Packing up the U-Haul and driving back to Michigan in this song is playing over that yeah. uh, as I drive back to wonderful Detroit area. Pure Michigan. Mm. Pure Michigan. Yeah, they, they should use it in the Pure Michigan ads. They really should. And uh, I something else he said in there about like the way ideas come to him and that's something else i was thinking with the plagiarism is just how like we don't really know where ideas come from right so i think to be like to to claim sole credit for that is a little narcissistic mm-hmm. get over yourself yellow card no i'm just kidding no they should <laughs> but they should um yeah i really don't dude 15 million dollars i don't want to throw too much shade at yellow card because i don't want them coming after me next i don't got that kind of money <laughs> yeah that's true and they could just bleed it bleed you out in the courts yeah. man they could just play that violin at me <laughs> until i go nuts play like some piercing note and uh, just lose my mind and they've got a lot of power yellow card so i don't want to get on their bad side that's sorry true. guys maybe we should edit this out the whole yellow card stuff we should just add it out no i think we'll keep it in i'm brave this is the month where you need to be brave because you can only be brave when you're afraid and this is the spookiest of months so we'll be brave boys it's inspiring yeah but amazing to have caribou back uh this song is fantastic everything i could have hoped for in a new caribou song and so very excited to uh get some news on that new album no news on it yet but should get some details on that soon uh so that was caribou with home that's out now on merge records um there is an extensive tour coming up including march 21st in detroit at st andrews hall so Mm -hmm. let's go all right let's do it 
I'll probably be there at that show. You know, it's funny that the the overlap that's happening here with the, the song that you just played and some of those details and what I'm about to go into is pretty funny. Give me them deets. So I'm going to play a song from a, a veteran Canadian indie musician as well. And Okay, I think I might need to sue you for plagiarism here. <laughs> and they're also going to come to Detroit in March to play a show <laughs> at Deluxe Flux. Oh, nice. And I really want to go because Eleanor Friedberger is the opening act. Whoa. <laughs> which is sweet. insane. And the main bill is destroyer oh i was just gonna say can i guess oh sorry. but i knew it was yeah, yeah i was gonna guess destroyer it's uh destroyer destroyer has a new album out this is dan behar um his musical project which started in 1998 incredible stuff i actually just did a listen through his entire discography a, a couple weeks ago and made like a best of was that strategic playlist. no i i didn't know this was coming wow. i feel prophetic a little bit um mm-hmm. Not P- pa- pathetic. Not pathetic. No, I knew where you were going. No, prophetic. Um, and just listening to, I listened uh, to things uh, past your blues, which was came out in I think two thousand two, and I hadn't gone hmm. back before that. And there's a lot of really good stuff um, before that. Every album is is real strong, and he's he's just incredible, An incredible songwriter. His voice super weird and awesome, and. Um, He's a sometimes member of the New Pornographers, and yep. I feel like I'm not a huge New Pornographers fan, but I always love his songs yeah. with the New Pornographers. And uh, this is going to be his 10th album, which is Damn. huge. It's a milestone. It sure is, my friend. So um, the uh, the new album is called Have We Met, and it's going to be out in 2020, so don't worry. You don't have to like okay. put your list-making in panic mode. Thank you. Um, and it's inspired by 80s movies like White Knights and Pretty in Pink. So mm. that'll be interesting. The famous color-themed 80s movies. I don't know what White Knights is. Yeah, I don't know. But I want to check it out now. Not only is it inspired by 80s movies, he wanted to write an album that was a Y2K album. Mm. And he wrote song, uh, wrote lyrics and did uh, demos and then gave them to a producer that he works with and said... That um, try like putting beats that like that era Bjork or Massive Attack would okay. have, and then they did that together. And he's like, "This, it's not me. <laughs> Let's just make it sound, make it sound cool," is what he said. And I think okay. they really did that based on the first single. Have you hit? Have you heard this yet? I have not. I saw the news. Um, a paperboy yelled, "Extra, extra, new destroyer!" And you got uh, that paperboy? Yeah. And uh, I'm all about that paper boy. Um, and but I have not heard it yet. Well, get ready because we're going to listen to it right now. Let's do it. This is Destroyer with Crimson Tide. Thank you. 
was like the laziest river A vulture predisposed to eating off floors No, wait, I take that back I was more like an ocean Stuck inside hospital corridors My condition in general Despite what they say improves So I could care less on a night like this I'm on the lookout for anything that moves crimson tide I know when to hold them And I know when to leave I know where to go And I know how to breathe I know how you blow Bubbles You can look at the world Till you don't know what you've done You can follow a salary To the bottom of the ocean Is that yours? Throw it in the pot I thought I was smart I'm not I thought I was sick and dying
Lordy, Lordy, Barry Gordy, sir. Again, that's everything I would hope for in a new Destroyer song. Uh, and I think he there was still, I guess you could kind of see the spark of that Y2K influence with the electronic drum beats going on mm-hmm. there. I was like, I could see that sort of uh, bordering on that, but definitely an 80s vibe as well. On the cover, he looks sort of like a Vegas crooner or yes. something. And I just feel like every time I listen to him, I'm just transported whether it's some 80s uh, sounding thing or like New York in the 70s. I just yeah. feel like he always just, it's such an experience listening to him. You always feel like you're in another place in time. And that definitely uh, fits that bill. And I thought that was great. The funeral was insane, man. <laughs> That's something he said in this song. <laughs> it was insane. I didn't uh, pick yeah. up on many lyrics, but the funeral was insane stuck with me. I, I'm not sure what he's talking about, um, but I, I think that Bob Dylan would do this too, where he just picked yeah. words that sound good together, and I feel like that's what he I love that he does really well, and it they, it just he's just a really fantastic songwriter, um, and it does transport. He's really good at transporting you places, yeah. like you said, um, and it's funny because the the press release talked about how. This is a nat- like a natural extension of his late period crooner phase, which you said. Absolutely, and he is he is he has been crooning for for a few albums now, um, for sure. There were so many there's so many really great like bass sounds happening in this song, as well as weird synth sounds, yeah. and then like electric guitar piled on top of it, and it's just this kind of wall of of sound going on as it as it goes on. Yeah, and like you said, he's doing this sort of Dylan rambling Mm -hmm. uh, that just sort of keeps going in uh, sort of the same melody repeating with new lyrics, Mm -hmm. and I liked how he just kept going and the music around him would just just build and heighten and everything. Yeah, it was great. And I could see this kind of playing at the end credits of Tron, like the Tron from the 80s. Like, it was was very, like, I don't know, 80s technology sounding to me. Just huge and and massive and synthy. And uh, I like that. Not the Jeff Bridges Tron. No, 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 the 80s Tron. I, I, that's why I had to clarify. Okay. Did you not know there was I, an 80s Tron? No, no, I did. I oh, haven't okay. seen either. Oh, just see the 80s one. Don't, oh, worry, okay. don't worry about Jeff Bridges. Great. Don't see his Tron. Okay, see the other we'll Tron. see. Maybe I'll just watch the Jeff Bridges one. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I trust that. you. I know. <laughs> You've made that clear. So that was Destroyer with Crimson Tide from Have We Met, which is out January 31st on Merge Records. So, previously, Brian, previously on, best song ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, previously, Brian had declared himself the king of duets. Because I was. Um, and am. <laughs> and I declared myself the mother of duets, which I was and am. Um, and every time we had a duet on the show, I would do some Game of Thrones type reference, mm-hmm. but the show's over. It, it is. Disappointed most of us. And so it, was so. it was so bad. Yeah. And so like we, we have a duet on the show today and I said to Brian, can we end the war of the duets? Let's just put this behind us. And yeah. he agreed to a ceasefire at the very least. But I think we've put it to rest at this point, 
and we can just all enjoy these duets together in peace. I think so, too. You know, I, I feel like duets bring us so much joy. Why should we bring pain because exactly. of them? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I agree with you completely. It's like those sound more like don'tets. Exactly. <laughs> and we don't want to. We don't want don'tets. We don't want don'tets. We want duets. We want duets. Yes. And I think the true mother of duets is on this here song and mm. that is phoebe bridgers mm, phoebe bridgers um and it's funny because uh the song i'm about to play is phoebe bridgers and matt burninger oh. of the national and i was just talking to a friend of mine who also plays music and i was talking to her about the national and then she was like didn't know him and was talking about how she's a fan of phoebe bridgers whoa and you got the the old guard of indie with the new guard Mm. coming together and um phoebe bridgers is the mother of duets for sure she had the album better oblivion community center which i loved with uh connor oberst and uh then she joined with maddie b from the national is she in boy genius as she well, is in boy genius right? i mean yeah not really a duet but also yeah joining with lucy dacus and julian baker and yeah just working with all like the best people in indie rock and uh this song was in you know we talked about joker a couple weeks ago i want to see that lighthouse movie that's out right now yeah me too but really the movie of the year, in my opinion. The Between Two Ferns movie. It was um, it was a lot of fun. I loved it. I loved it. it so much. Yeah. Um, and it was uh, directed by Scott Ackerman, who we're both big fans of. Mm. Had a little uh, comedy bang bang reference there with the previously on. And uh, Scott Ackerman told Matt Berninger that basically he had free range to do whatever, but it would be uh, at a bar scene set in the heartland of america and when i was watching the movie i was like oh that's phoebe bridgers i was like is that fucking matt berninger there Mm -hmm. too and um then when this song came out i was like this is amazing i didn't know what was going to become of that song and uh so i was pleasantly surprised by this so we're going to end the war happy october the war is over and we're going to take a listen to phoebe bridgers and matt berninger with walking on a string. The things you said are hanging in the middle of my mind tonight. I can't turn them off. I try to worry for your soul but I forget to all the time I'm in a twisted web and I can't pull my head from it
song uh incredible it's so much better than it has any right to be like just being like hey make this yeah just for, make a song for between two ferns the movie you're gonna hear like 20 seconds of it or right. so and then it's in the background and they just oh rip it and it's, kill it it's so good um it gets so huge and it and it gets rocking and the drums go crazy it's it's amazing so matt has kind of been like the king of duets recently because i am easy to find the new national album is pretty much that's true. all duets throughout the album almost um and then he enlists for this song phoebe bridgers who remarkably comes in the song every time and i'm like oh my god she just blows me away and i look forward to her coming back into the song when matt Burninger is like maybe my favorite vocalist in indie rock right. right now, but she just she blows this away. It's this song is is something special. It really is, and um, I mean those harmonies in the end just yeah. kill me. Mm. Uh, I love how he's of course doing like the low voice, and she's doing a little higher voice, and then in the end they uh, sort of switch. Yes, love when Burninger goes high. I do too, and uh then she's still like sort of like screaming some parts, but doing more the lower harmony. And I uh, just love that uh, when it all comes together with the guitar rocking out the strings and all that, and just their two voices doing the harmonies, so beautiful. And I uh, giggled halfway through because I hadn't seen the video yet, mm. so I was watching it while we were listening to the song. <laughs> and it just cut to Zach Galifianakis popping his head up in the window, and it <laughs> made me crack up. And then at the end, Matt Berninger says, I was going for a spider metaphor because of the ferns. Did you get that? And um, I I did not realize that, but now I get it. That's that's pretty sweet. It is. It's it's interesting walking on a string, right? Yeah. Um, I want to listen to it now. Knowing from the perspective of a spider, you yeah. have a spider on your very hat. I do. 
on my very hat. Yeah, because you're a little Spider-Man Junior. Very hat. Shout out to the timekeeper. Uh, that's a that's something that the timekeeper would say. And, that is true. Uh, relates back to our friend Scott Ackerman. We're just going to fill this with uh, Scott Ackerman references. By the way, the National were on uh, the Comedy Bang Bang TV show mm, back in the day, mm-hmm. and uh, so they're good buds. We edit out a lot of Comedy Bang Bang references because we'll we say yeah. them to each other in normal conversation, and then all we're the like, time we should just cut this out. Like it doesn't make sense. But to now we the can. But now we can do in. all of them. We have so many. All right, all right let's take do it, it easy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also, uh, speaking of old friends and good people. Which Scott and the National are definitely are both. Uh, this song has was co-written with uh, Karen Besser, mm. Matt Berninger's wife, um, and she's co-wrote some of like my favorite National songs, like mm-hmm. Blood Bells Ohio, mm-hmm. um, and uh, musician Mike Brewer. And playing on this song is Walter Martin, mm. who we both love from The Walkman, Good and his own solo work is fantastic as well. So, yeah, just so many great people coming together, so many fantastic musical forces just made this song brilliant. So that was Matt Berninger and Phoebe Bridgers with Walking on a String, and that is out now on Dead Oceans. And if you haven't already, watch the Between Two Ferns movie already. It's on Netflix, for God's yeah. sakes. Um, the uh, they just posted recently the Bri, the full mm. Brie Larson interview, and it's so good. Well, how do you follow up like two of the best vocalists? You don't. Should we just end the show? No, I I oh. have one of another one of my favorite vocalists in indie music right now. Oh, I thought we were gonna end the show. I made plans well sorry we're all right keep i can it going. i can reschedule it's fine yeah i know it's fine <laughs> we have this time set aside for this luke for this very purpose so we're gonna play a song and i'm gonna play a song by francis quinlan do you know who that is by name <laughs> alone shut your mouth um i want to say from the band i was gonna say francis god damn it no i don't know who is it she is the lead singer of Hopalong. Hopalong! God damn it! I knew it. That's way too much aggression. <laughs> You're coming in hot here. I love Hopalong. I know you do. Um, also, my wife's middle name is Francis. Oh. And I feel like I'm always like, hey, look, there's a female Francis. And uh, so I should have known that. I'm really disappointed in myself. We're all disappointed in you, but we are very not disappointed in Francis Quinlan for no. saying, hey, I'm going to make a debut solo album mm. under my own name and expand on uh, a sound a little bit. Um, I have loved her work in Hopalong so much. Uh, she's been at the forefront in that band in like this Philadelphia rock scene resurgence that's incredible. Yeah. A lot of great Philly music going on. And um, she's coming out with this solo album called Likewise, which she recorded with her bandmate from Hopalong, Joe Reinhardt, who is an incredible musician. So doing this solo album kind of allows Francis to explore new territory and um, tap into some new sounds. And she said, working with Joe on this made me able to better see that the guitar is just one vehicle. There are so many others to explore. 
and this new uh, this new song features some really interesting instrumentation on the album as a whole. There's synthesizers, digital beats, harps, strings, a wide variety of keyboards, and uh, the newfound openness to this exploration. And the first song that um, she's released from it is the one we're going to listen to called Rare Thing. Some of the lyrics are really interesting. She talks a lot on the album about different um, struggles with communication and connection between human beings. And there's a line that she repeats in this that is, I know there is love that doesn't have to do with taking something from somebody. And um, I think that's a really interesting line. The way it's in the song is, is really great too. And I'm just interested to see how she, as a really great songwriter, explores that human connection and communication and struggles between that. So let's, uh, let's take a listen to Francis Quinlan with Rare Thing. My love, in the dream, you were already speaking. I was too shocked to make anyone of my tired speeches
admit you make me happy. God damn it, Brian. Gotta give that a lordy lordy fairy gordy. So good. You have so much anger around this song, but it's 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 righteous anger. That's just how I express my love, like she talks about in the song. Mm. But that was really amazing. I liked how it was still had sort of the like funky breakdowns that they had on their last album, Hop Along, Mm -hmm. but is definitely different enough from Hop Along uh, with those synth sounds and just a lot going on in there and uh again the melodies sort of are what i'd expect from her but just oh so delicious i started making the uh where i shake my head like immediately i was like oh it's so good i love it so much and her voice just the way it like moves and cracks and um, how she'll belt it out and then go into like the softer stuff. It's just so great. And the melody was fantastic and just great instrumentation. A plus. Totally agree. Um, I've noticed something this time listening to it that I hadn't noticed before, which is it starts out with a digital beat and then about halfway through it switches over to live drums. Um, mm. Which is super cool. Yeah, and the drums in that like breakdown so part good. were really sweet. Um, yeah, the music throughout is just there's so much to unpack and there's a lot going on. So many different instruments happening and coming in and out. There's some strings towards the end that uh, are, I think har- maybe harp, um, something like that. And uh, it's just all over the place. Beautiful, really catchy. And uh, I... I I love her voice and songwriting ability, and I feel like this is a new, interesting way that she's going to display it. It brings her powerful voice to a different medium, which I think is really interesting, too. And, uh, yeah, I can't, can't wait to check that out. So that was Frances Quinlan with Rare Thing from Likewise, which is out January 31st on Saddle Creek. Destroyer, that album's out January 31st as well. So that's a big day to look forward to in 2020. Hell yeah. The most important day of 2020. I, I would think so. Is January yeah. 31st. Not November, no other whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Who cares about, you know, November? It's January 31st. At first I was like, rare thing. What, did she write a song about my steak? Uh. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> do you order your steak rare even? No, I do medium. I'm sorry. Medium I straight up, just medium. Yeah, I do medium. I uh, I think uh, if I'm really feeling raunchy, I'll go medium rare, <laughs> but usually I'll just stick medium. Cool. Yeah. How about you? I'm a medium rare sort of guy. Oh, yeah. okay. You think you're better than me? I mean, yeah, I do. <laughs> do you put? Do you use uh, steak sauce on steak? Oh. Yeah. Oh. Um, I also love a good horseradish. Mm, horseradish, horse, yeah. Horseradish, not horseradish. <laughs> no, I think I think it's horseradish. Yeah, I, that sounds right to me. All right, enough about steaks. Let's talk about porches. Not only are they a great location to enjoy a meaty treat, mm-hmm. or the rain, or the rain. If you have like a cup, yeah, or nice, nice spot. S- smoke yourself a cigarette mm, and drink a on beer. A porch, yeah, yeah. Um, or, or I'm sorry, on por- on multiple on porches. On multiple porches. Not only is it that, it is also a great band led by Aaron Main. Oh, it is. You're yeah. right. And um, similar to Caribou, has it tried a lot of different styles. Started out more 
of like a rock act and then got into more electronic stuff and uh i played the house from the last album also entitled the house and uh i loved that album one of my favorite albums of last year Mm -hmm. and he got into house music on that as well and aaron main said uh wrote a lengthy statement about uh his new porches music um i'm just gonna read a couple excerpts because it actually goes to what we were talking about with writing lyrics that just sound good Mm. he says i've been making music as porches since 2009 porches can be a country song a dance song a punk song a pop song or anything in between it's an exploration of any sound or idea that I find interesting in that moment. The idea being that these seemingly isolated ideas will become unified in the context of the Porches catalog. Porches is my love affair with music. Sometimes you can string words together that don't make sense literally, but they capture whatever the sentiment is so perfectly that it doesn't matter. You know when it feels right and you know when it feels wrong. I try and keep what I make close to home, Sometimes that home is fantasy, sometimes it's autobiographical, but it's always a way to interpret my experiences in a way that is intimate to me. And he goes on to talk about how Porches, like, is feeling a lot of different things, the range of emotions, you know, that all of us humans experience. And he ends it by saying, music keeps me alive, and I hope that by continuing to make it and release it, I can make some people laugh, cry, fall in love, lose their shit smile run around and most importantly help them to feel alive for a brief moment so with that being said who knows what we're going to experience of that list when we listen to this song i sure don't because i haven't heard this yet and i'm excited to see what i am i gonna like not be able to find where my shit is anymore i know i mean i hope not did you check your butt that's where it normally is <laughs> that's i think would be the like that's place. probably the first place i should look yeah. if i think i'm losing it all right so let's get ready to take a cruise here's porches with range rover
Papa Like You That Song too. Yeah, it was really great. There was this switch up that happened in the like second or third I Want to Live part mm-hmm. that was really awesome. And uh, yeah, it, it was just a, a good a good song. I don't know what else to say about it, okay? Stop looking at me. I just liked yeah. it. No. Uh, I like his voice. I like the music. I like the song. I like it. Yeah, absolutely. And it's like got that sort of chugging guitar line, which mm-hmm. I feel like could be more like his earlier stuff which is more guitar based but then the the chorus is that classic synth walking up and down that I love that Porches always does and I feel like when I first heard this I I liked it as I always will like a Porches song but I wasn't quite sure um how I felt about it I wasn't like completely crazy about it but the more I listened to it I love um I love that chorus keeps getting stuck in my head that I want to live I want to live mm-hmm. and it's interesting how there's like sort of like competing vocal uh like runs during the verse and there's that voice like behind him and then that i want to live is like an interesting like rhythm like run how he like cuts it off really quick and starts over and i love that just angelic last chorus where he goes higher singing Mm -hmm. ricky range rover and that's what he uh you know like he was saying maybe this is like part fantasy part autobiographical I I thought maybe these were fictional characters. Julie Range Rover, Ricky Range Rover. I don't think those are the last names. I mean, he says right. singing Julie Range Rover, and then the last one says singing Ricky Range Rover. You're alive in it, and I just I I interpret it as like a sort of breakup thing. Maybe that's because that was sort of his last album because he keeps saying like. How do you sleep at the end of the day mm-hmm. when you close your eyes? All you see is your face. But then in the end, he says, singing Ricky Range Rover, you're alive in it. And then says, now you can sleep at the end of the day. When I close my eyes, all I see is your face. So it seems like there's some acceptance that comes at the end. And you can definitely feel that with that sort of epic last verse there. But I also found it interesting. It didn't really sound like his voice to me. I mm-hmm. used to his voice being a little lower. And, I mean, he always puts effects and stuff, so I expect that. And I think this might be a – I mean, I think it's definitely an effect, but maybe just a mix of what the keys singing in or something. But I really uh, found his voice interesting. I was like, is that my Aaron? I don't know. Yeah, I I agree. It didn't sound like he normally does. Yeah. Um, it also the, – the verse and chorus kind of sounded disjointed in a good way, like they were different songs. Yeah. Um, and it just it worked well together even though it felt separate uh I, yeah. I appreciated that and it evokes that feeling of driving in a range rover mm. top down do they have top down range rovers probably yeah um yeah or I, window uh, down breeze blowing through your hair it, what you're describing right now i i've been in a range rover before and uh brag uh, several times my oh. uh oh a good high school friend of mine his family owned too whoa um and one of the times uh we were driving to a creed concert whoa dude yeah your life is so cool <laughs> i know uh so this song reminds me of just driving to creed that's uh, great going to see the good old scott stapp stappy stappy baby wow just stapping and dapping well you know Aaron Main wanted us to feel a range of emotions and Creed memories. I mean, uh, I, yeah. add that to the list. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> so those porches with Range Rover. 
that's out now on domino recording co um not sure about a new album no announcement there but he says stay tuned for some more porches music and you know i will always so i'm gonna take us out here um this is the last song of the podcast we've played some really great songs yeah i'm excited to close this out on a song that i have actually been pretty obsessed with since it came out earlier this month and uh this is from a north london trio that i had listened to their debut album and liked it all right Mm -hmm. and now they're coming out with the sophomore album they're tweaking that sound and i like the tweaks yeah this is girl ray have you uh have you listened to girl ray before no i haven't so they came out with uh, their debut album in 2017 called Earl Grey, which Girl Ray Earl Grey. That's good, incredible. Um, and it was a it was a good collection of like these twee pop songs. Um, and I liked it. I felt like they there were some great moments, some okay moments. You know, it, it was kind of uneven. Potential. Absolutely, and. Um, but it was it was good, and I mm-hmm. they were a band that I'm like, oh, I'm, I want to watch where they go. And um, they went on tour for that album, and after that came back. They took regular jobs, like in coffee shops and stuff, and kind of felt listless. Like, where, where were they going? What were they doing? They hung out all the time still, but they weren't feeling inspired, and they found it hard to write music. And this happened for a while, and then something magical happened what was it do you want to know i do ariana grande released this song called thank you next what and once i guess that, that song's <laughs> magical yeah once that happened the uh the main songwriter of the band poppy uh had all these ideas flow out of her she wrote these songs and she was using like computer sounds and synths keyboards that she had and um they were kind of all based around this simple idea, which was, remember how pop songs weren't always created in offices by handfuls of writers and marketing teams? Yeah. When they were just recorded by artists and bands who wanted to use pop music to make joyous, accessible messages of love, friendship, and life to the world. Hell yeah. So that's what they did. And there have been two singles released from this album, and they're both awesome. And this song that we're going to listen to has been... I wish it came out, like, before, like, in the summer, because it would have been my, like, song of the summer. It's just so wonderful, and they told uh, the producer of this kind of their idea, and he was like, oh, okay, let's make 70s Drake, is, is what, he, <laughs> what he said. And they were like, they didn't quite understand. Like Drake as an old man? Like, like uh, 70s music, like 1970s. Yeah. <laughs> But they like put a picture of Ariana Grande by his computer to help him remember oh, remember the remember that it was inspired by her. But uh, I get the '70s Drake for sure. Um, I think the first single that was released is more towards the Drake. Uh, it's not really like Drake, but it's like mm. pop music, you know. Right. This one ha- is more towards the '70s, but uh, you'll see some interesting flourishes in there as well. So let's take a listen to Girl Ray with the song girl.
that a lordy lordy barry gordy you said her name was poppy is her last name nugs because that was a poppy nug right there (laughs) um actually we don't know their last names because they just go by first names in this band that's cool i'm gonna say yeah it's poppy nugs i was surprised that you didn't make the poppy nugs joke i I am too yeah well i got you covered don't worry um, that was fantastic. Yeah. It was just bright and bouncy and yeah. brought joy to my heart. Uh, I loved the acoustic guitar mm, me too. and that squeaky little synth ah. in there. And yeah, just, uh, I see what you mean about the sort of summer jam. It's just like bright and light and lovely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, the, the acoustic guitar does this little like, ding uh, that yeah. I love so much. Um, this this song reminds me of my mom for for two reasons. Um, one of which is uh, her and I are famous for uh, around the world, famous <laughs> for listening to a song and being like, "Oh, I like this part coming up." Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, damn it, right? Yeah, right there. <laughs> um, and this this is, song has that for me. Is the second reason because she's a girl? 
Uh, no, um, the second reason is actually because of um, something that I, I, a descriptor in the press release that I'm going to read right now, um, which is, uh, so their first album was Earl Grey, and they said, if Earl Grey was a hot cup of tea and a cuddle on the sofa, Girl, which is the name of the upcoming album, is being in a cab with the windows down on the way to a beach bar for sundowners. Now, yeah. Uh, sundowners, I only know as like a disease for elderly people that they can't remember who they are. Like in the oh. evening, I didn't realize sundowners is like a drink. Uh, oh, I thought vampires. <laughs> so you thought they were on the way to a beach bar for vampires? <laughs> no, I thought it was vampires on their way to a beach bar. Okay, <laughs> gotcha. No, so they're on their way to a beach bar for a drink. The drink is sundowners. Um, he- here's a tip for you girl ray um this is what my mom and i and my wife like to do for for sunset drinks all right ready for some mansplaining let me mansplain this to you right now uh on vacation we made gin and tonics and ever since then we always call them sunset water (laughs) so uh i think you're going to the beach bar for some sunset water it's clear. It looks like water. It's sunset water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so that's how it reminds me of my mom. Plus, my mom is bright and wonderful. So That's sweet. Isn't it? <laughs> you love your mommy. I do. I'm a mama's boy. I love your mommy, too. She's my aunt. Yeah, she is your aunt. <laughs> so that was Girl Ray with Girl from Girl. We listened to the titular Girl. Wait, uh, the album's called Girl, yeah, too? Yeah, That's... Hey, I mean, that's good cross-marketing, cross-strategy, cross-platform. Synergy. I'm having <laughs> an aneurysm You're having right some now. sundowners right I'm now. having some sundowners. Uh, so anyway, uh, sunset water. We'll, we'll wrap this up for you. <laughs> that was Girl Ray with the titular Girl from Girl, which is out November 8th on Moshi Moshi. All right, well, that's going to do it for us. We got one thing left to do, and that's talk about the music we're excited for coming out this week in Shouts. Ouch! All right, first off, Shouts to Little Scream. I shout a little scream for Little Scream. Whoa, Um, that was cool. With with Speed Queen, I just played her recently. That uh, is going to be a great album. Also, Amy O'Shell. That sounded like her name was Amy O'Shell. Amy O'Shell. Amy O-Shell is the album. I played her previously, and she's awesome. I did not know she had a new one coming out, so excited for that. Also, Young Gov, who uh, he's a member of the band Fucked Up. I played him before. Gov 2 is coming out. And, of course, the man, the myth, the legend, Kanye West with Jesus is King. Um, maybe he'll convert us all to Christianity when we listen to that album, but also mm-hmm. don't hold your breath. <laughs> Might not it's come out. It's probably not going to come <laughs> yeah. out. No, it, it was supposed to come out when you did that thing in yeah. Detroit. And I feel like it actually might come out this time. Yeah. He, I mean, because he, really he also should. has a documentary that's coming out the same day. Oh, in really? IMAX theaters it, or some something. It's going to be about how he started a cult. Yeah. Because <laughs> I think pretty, he did. It seems like it. Um, and then last, our uh, off-shelf editor, Dave Obenauer, will never let me hear the end of it if I don't say Guided by Voices with Sweating the Plague mm-hmm. is coming out That's true. this week as well. So shouts to all those. What you got, Brian? I got Great Grandpa 
with four of arrows we played uh them on yeah. the podcast recently as well Teebs with Annika, which mm. we played on the podcast recently as well, featuring Panda Bear. Uh, yeah. Great stuff. Excited for that. Uh, Water From Your Eyes, somebody else's song. I played Water From Your Eyes yeah. with from their last album. Uh, Dry Cleaning with Boundary Road Snacks and Drinks. Uh, that's an EP, and we played a song played from that. played them, too. Uh, and also Michael Cronin with Seeker. Uh, I'm a Michael Cronin fan, and that should be interesting. I too am a Michael Cronin fan, and that we're gonna switch it up and talk about Daddy Number Three first because mm. Off Shelf just did a thing with Michael Cronin, did a feature. So they did, and actually, um, there is another. So yes, they did a feature with Michael Cronin. They also did a feature with Michael Gira, the lead singer from Swan. So uh, they have fe- or interviews with Michael Gira from Swan, Michael Cronin, a couple Michaels there for you and the game designer of Letter Jam, and so much more. Go check out offshelf.net. They're one of the wonderful uh, online publications that uh, partners with us for these episodes. And you can read my feature that's been up there for a couple weeks about LaRange and Jeremiah J. It's good stuff. Yeah, you can read that. Check it out. You can also skip it if you want, but you could read it. Or you could skip Brian's singles features. (laughs) just gonna throw it back at you yeah you did it you did it no don't skip any of it read it all off shelf dot net consume it you dang weasels and um then no you gotta talk about our other daddies planet ant podcasts and pinecast they power us they make us whole and uh you can go listen to all the great planet ant podcasts michael the pre-variety hour detroit strange fumbling around sandwich talk uh, others maybe isn't um, there a dungeons and dragons there's detroit one? and dragons yeah. uh yeah that my friend joe uh works on so check all those out at planetantpodcast.com and that's gonna do it for us i'm luke leben saying you better check your perspective and i'm brian leben reminding you don't let the bastards grind you down this is best song ever